You are listening to Primary Care Perspectives, a podcast where pediatric experts from the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia discuss the primary care issues that are on their mind and the hot topics that all pediatricians see affecting their daily practice. This podcast is for general informational and educational purposes only and is not to be considered as medical advice for any particular patient. Clinicians must rely on their own informed clinical judgment in making recommendations to their patients. Hi, I'm Dr. Katie Lockwood, a primary care pediatrician at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, and I'm talking today about the anti-inflammatory diet. My guest today is Dr. Marie Mascarenas, who's joining me again. Um, I'm very excited to have her. If you don't remember from last time, we did an integrative medicine podcast, which everyone should go back and listen to. Dr. Mascarenas is an attending physician in the Division of Gastroenterology, Hepatology, and Nutrition at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. She's also the Director of Nutrition Support Services, the Section Chief of Nutrition in the Division of Gastroenterology and Nutrition, the Medical Director of the Clinical Nutrition Department, and the Director of the Integrative Health Program. So thanks for joining me again. Thank you, Katie. It's a pleasure. I'm really excited to talk to you about the anti-inflammatory diet. Um, I've heard a lot about this, but I want you to tell me a little bit about what is it and where did it come from? Okay, so the anti-inflammatory diet is not really a diet. It is a diet, but it's not really a diet. It's a way of life. Okay. And um, it really came from data. Um, actually, it's been a way of life for centuries. And um, it was put together really based on data from many uh, studies that were uh, done um, looking at um, people who lived in the Mediterranean area mm-hmm. and in Japan. Um, and this research kind of started in the 1950s with the seven country study. And then there have been many studies after that that have all pointed to the fact that people who lived in these areas, they um, lived long, they lived well, Mm -hmm. and they had very good health outcomes. Mm -hmm. And initially the focus was really on cardiovascular disease, and they found that people who who had this diet uh, actually um, had less cardiovascular disease, they had less cognitive decline as they got older, and they had better outcomes in general. And so the term anti-inflammatory diet was coined combining the best of the Mediterranean diet Mm-hmm. and the Okinawan or Japanese diet. And so this diet really um, is one is thought to be one of the healthiest ones that one can eat because we select out foods which are anti-inflammatory mm-hmm. um, and they're probably working in a way that results with less inflammation in the body and so less inflammatory conditions because right now the conditions that are very prevalent if you think about obesity diabetes cardiovascular disease they all uh, are linked in the body with inflammation mm-hmm. and this is gut inflammation or it's, it's just to... whole body inflammation mm-hmm. as you know we think that in if when patients are obese their fat that they have on their body is a source of inflammation mm-hmm. but it's also contributing to chronic chronic disease chronic metabolic disease so an anti-inflammatory pattern I'm going to say diet but really pattern because mm-hmm. it's more than just the diet it's a way of life so if you think about how people lived in the Mediterranean area you mm-hmm. know a hundred years ago where they um, ate everything they grew mm-hmm. it was all in season mm-hmm. they were outside in the fields getting a lot of vitamin D from the Sun right. they were physically active they ate as a community mm-hmm. families lived together or close to each other mm-hmm. so all that is part of the anti-inflammatory pattern of living and then the food part is the anti-inflammatory diet. Mm -hmm. 
That sounds fantastic and like I would want to live there, but since I don't, what are some of the worst offenders in our American diet typically that are causing the inflammation that we should try to avoid if we want to live an anti-inflammatory life? So it's some of the things that, that people know about already. So it's simple sugar, refined sugar, mm -hmm. processed food, um, foods that have what we call a high glycemic index, meaning that when you eat those foods, because they're so processed and, and refined, that your blood glucose shoots right up. Mm -hmm. So you want to really eat foods that are not like that. And then foods that have trans fat in them, mm -hmm. I know, or hydrogenated fats, that's been taken out right. of a lot of the foods we eat and the snack foods. And then also uh, foods that have a high omega-6 to omega-3 fatty acid ratio mm -hmm. so we know that these fats are in our diet and the ratio needs to be right. Mm -hmm. um, omega-3 is usually fish, fish oil or flax, and omega-6 mm -hmm. is other polyunsaturated uh, oils. And so you want that balance to be right. Mm -hmm. And if that balance is tipped more in the omega-6 direction, which is a fatty acid that's pro-inflammatory, mm -hmm. then you kind of run into problems okay. with inflammation, etc. So I've heard some people say that dairy is inflammatory. So can you have milk and yogurt and cheese in the anti-inflammatory diet? So you absolutely can, but it's not um, the base of the, of the mm -hmm. diet. So right. the diet is like a pyramid, mm -hmm. and the base is really formed by uh, foods that are vegetables and fruits and water. Mm -hmm. The next level is whole grain products, beans, legumes. Again, think about it, it's plant-based. The bottom right. two layers, which is you need to eat a lot of these foods, are all plant-based. Mm -hmm. Then we have healthy fats and soy food, and then dairy is kind of in the middle. Mm -hmm. And the dairy really is in the form of yogurt, mm -hmm. cheeses, um, and uh, no one's drinking like tons of milk, but right. it's all in moderation. It's kind of mixed in right. with your food. Mm -hmm. Great. So you could have milk with your whole grain cereal. Absolutely. I know that you just said soy is in there too. Sometimes people worry about the estrogenic effects of soy. Is that something that that you see with people who eat this um, anti-inflammatory diet since there is a good amount of soy in it? Um, I, no, we don't yeah. see that. I think that um, uh, it's true that soy has phytoestrogens in it. I think more worrisome for me is that soy has a lot of uh, chemical pollutants in it mm. or pesticides, etc. Mm -hmm. So. Um, on a personal note, I if I have soy, I have more um, organic soy. Mm -hmm. But I think soy is in the middle of the pyramid. Again, it's not the bulk of what you're eating is fruits, vegetables, mm -hmm. whole grains, and legumes and beans. Yeah. And that's that that's the majority of what you're getting. And then you get fats mm -hmm. and and uh, other other foods higher up in the pyramid. Right. So can you give me a sample menu of what this would look like for a child in practice? So what what kind of things can they eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Okay. So for breakfast, they could have whole grain cereal with some berries and milk, or and it could be um, dairy milk or cow's milk, or mm -hmm. could be another uh, soy milk or uh, almond milk. Mm -hmm. They could also have a veggie and cheese omelet mm -hmm. with some calcium fortified orange juice. So they're getting, again, mm -hmm. all the food groups, all the nutrients they need. What about lunch? So lunch could be, I'll give you an example of 
tuna salad on a whole grain wrap with some greens. The greens could be lettuce, spinach, baby kale, avocado with some calcium fortified orange juice. So you're mm -hmm. getting all your food groups. I would throw an orange in there mm -hmm. instead of the juice mm -hmm. uh, because, again, you're getting the goodness yeah. of the orange. Good. But Pediatricians don't like juice. <laughs> yes, yes. Or you could do some whole grain pasta mm -hmm. uh, tossed with some broccoli, mm -hmm. uh, some leftover chicken, or and, and that would be a good, or black beans, mm -hmm. and then have a piece of fruit there. Mm -hmm. What kind of snacks would kids eat? So the key is less processed, mm -hmm. more natural. So how about bananas and almonds? Mm -hmm. Greek yogurt or cottage cheese with some fruit there. Mm -hmm. Fruit, fruit, dried fruit mixed in there. Cut up veggies with hummus. I mean, I think mm -hmm. I think that's delicious. Mm -hmm. Guacamole with whole grain pita chips. So again, mm -hmm. you're getting the goodness of the gu guacamole, mm -hmm. and you're getting with whole grain. You're getting the whole grain or whole grain cracker would work as well. I think if we go with more whole grain, less processed food, mm -hmm. um, that's the goal. Yeah. And you. You know, even in my life, I do eat processed food, so I'm not saying no mm -hmm. processed food at all. Right. I think it's being savvy about what you're picking mm -hmm. and combining it with more natural, fresh foods. Mm -hmm. And I think like you told me in our last podcast, everything in moderation, right? Correct, so correct. It's not that you can never, ever have a correct. cupcake, but... <laughs> that's right, that's right, especially if it's a carrot cupcake. <laughs> that would be delicious because you're getting carrot and the walnuts and everything in there, mm -hmm. yeah. So is the anti-inflammatory diet used to prevent certain diseases or are we using it to treat diseases or both? Okay, that is a great question because I think the data from those studies that I told you about, mm -hmm. they looked at outcomes. And so in a way, being on the diet was preventing you from having the outcomes that mm -hmm. we typically associate with Western, Western, right. Heart Western. Disease, diabetes. That's right, that's right, exactly. And so in a way, being on the diet from from the get-go, from mm -hmm. birth, kind of prevents you from having them. But what if you are someone who already has that? Mm -hmm. Could you go on the anti-inflammatory diet and would that help you? And I think that is true because mm -hmm. we know that things like anxiety and depression mm -hmm. uh, are probably in some way connected with not just the environment, not just with your genes, mm -hmm. but also with the food you eat. Mm -hmm. And we are understanding more about the brain-gut connection. Mm -hmm. So putting good nutrients in your, in your belly mm -hmm. will make your microbiome healthier mm -hmm. and will help with those connections and so yes could it be used um, afterwards to treat mm -hmm. yes but in conjunction with other medications right. that you might need or other therapies that your pediatrician might recommend so right. again I don't think the diet would be the sole treatment mm -hmm. but it would be used or we would integrate it like mm -hmm. integrative health we would integrate it into whatever other modalities the pediatrician was re recommending mm -hmm. to ultimately the outcome would be good health and maybe resolution or uh, marked improvement in whatever condition mm -hmm. uh, the pediatrician was treating mm -hmm. great so better to do this from the start with your children but if you did and you're looking to kind of have an adjunct to their disease treatment, this is a good option. Absolutely. Great. So what conditions have been studied the most in terms of anti-inflammatory diet? We mentioned some adult outcomes, but in kids, are there particular diseases that were studied more? So uh, we have a lot of literature in adults, and the literature or the conditions being studied in children is the literature is now beginning to be collected. Mm -hmm. So the studies are being done. Uh, so the big ones are obesity, mm -hmm. um, 
fatty liver, which is mm-hmm. means when you have fa- extra fat deposited in your liver, asthma, mm-hmm. school performance, ADHD. Mm-hmm. So the literature is we have some data suggesting that the anti-inflammatory diet really helps with these conditions mm-hmm. and is associated with better outcomes in these conditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but bigger studies need to be done, mm-hmm. and um, and and then then we'll know what we, uh, you know, what what all the benefits of this diet. Mm-hmm. Great. Whenever we're recommending a particular diet, we worry about whether or not a child's nutritional needs will be met. So are there any nutritional deficiencies that we should watch out for uh, with this diet in particular? So I think people were concerned about that, but there are several studies now from Europe actually saying that patients on this diet got more fiber, more calcium, more iron, Mm -hmm. more magnesium, potassium, phosphorus, and all vitamins. And there was actually a study in boys where they saw that the boys absorbed more calcium from the foods they were eating. Mm -hmm. So it's almost as though if you're on this diet, Mm -hmm. that your body absorbs more nutrients Mm -hmm. and does better. Right. And again, without any supplements, this Mm -hmm. is just from the foods that you're putting in in your body. Right, great. Can this diet be adapted for those who are vegetarian, vegan, gluten-free, um, you know, kind of specialized diets with the same positive health benefits? I think that the diet can definitely be adapted. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you think about what I talked about, the pyramid, the bottom is mm-hmm. really fruits, vegetables, legumes, right. whole grains, and there's so many wonderful whole grains one can use other mm-hmm. than gluten. Right. The um, There's not much meat. I mean, there mm-hmm. is some meat, but it's mm-hmm. more fish and dairy products mm-hmm. uh, as the source of protein and then nuts and seeds. Mm-hmm. So the diet could definitely be adapted. You would need to work with a dietitian, and mm-hmm. we have several here who are experts in this and they'd be willing to help patients uh, who are vegan or vegetarian work with this diet. Great. Many children are picky eaters. I may have some in my home. (laughs) So are the benefits of this diet lost if kids aren't mostly compliant or close to 100% compliant? We talked about some moderation, but what if throughout the day they're not um, entirely compliant with the diet? Is there some benefit to a partial diet? I think there's always benefit to putting some good food in your body mm-hmm. because I think what happens over time, so the first thing is small steps, baby steps, mm-hmm. start with snacks, right. um, maybe then do breakfast and, and I think what will happen is what I've seen happen in my house is that when you eat the other foods that you mm-hmm. shouldn't be eating, for, and I'll just mention the word donut because mm-hmm. <laughs> I used to love donuts and munchkins, but now when I eat it, I don't feel good afterwards. Mm-hmm. So even if it's there and it's calling me, I don't go near it because I know right. I'm not going to feel good after I eat it. So over time, I think the body realizes that this is good mm-hmm. and your taste preferences change. Mm-hmm. And then you gravitate to eating more of these foods. And when you don't, because mm-hmm. you're traveling, etc., you don't feel as well. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, I like the idea of starting small, like maybe picking snacks and then working at one meal at a time. Absolutely. And we've talked before, too, about parents modeling good eating behavior. So even if your children aren't 100% on board, I always encourage parents to model the diet that they want their child to eat, and eventually those habits will rub off on their children as well. Absolutely. And I always say... Um, what happens with the child starts when you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. So if pregnant women or people who are going to get pregnant start eating right, mm-hmm. then you can actually help program your kids' taste and actually have better outcomes because I didn't share this with you. They looked at uh, children who had leukemia mm-hmm. and they went back in the Mediterranean countries mm-hmm. and they went back and looked at the mother's diets. Mm-hmm. And now, granted, this was done many years, you know, uh, yeah. so it, there, was the, the, there may be some bias with recall. Mm-hmm. but. The mothers who had a better diet in terms of 
the Mediterranean diet, mm -hmm. uh, actually there was an association with less leukemia wow. in their children. So really to think about if I'm going to get pregnant, what can I eat mm. um, that will ha have a long-lasting impact, it makes you gives you pause, right? Yeah, that's a powerful study. Yeah. So where can we learn more if we're interested in telling our patients about the anti-inflammatory diet? So we have a patient family education sheet here mm -hmm. at CHOP, which is available mm -hmm. that anyone can use. We are actually in the process of shooting some videos uh, later okay. this month on the anti-inflammatory diet, which will be available then on our intranet. Um, and we are in the process also of coming up with a cookbook, but that might take a year to come out, mm -hmm. but it'll be available again to make things easy. It's going to be designed for children and oh, their parents. Great. And so I think that would be a, a, a good resource as mm -hmm. well. And if we need to refer someone who maybe is having trouble with the diet or who has to tweak it um, for their own uh, health needs, how can we refer to your nutritionist? So you can just send an email to integrativehealth at email.chop.edu mm -hmm. and we'll, there are five question intake and then we'll schedule the appointment. Okay. And often we'll send you, uh, we'll send patients a, a diet record form before the visit so mm -hmm. we can um, better understand what the child is eating. So our, our nutritionists can be prepared mm -hmm. when yeah, they come in for the visit. Point, yeah. That's right, that's right, yeah. Great. And then lastly, can you tell us about your health symposium that you have coming up? This is really exciting. We have an integrative health symposium for parents and caregivers on April 8th. It's mm -hmm. a Sunday from 12.30 to 4.30. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be an experiential, hands-on kind of expo kind of conference. So anyone who signs in will be able to sign up for three modalities. Mm -hmm. And they, will, they can do nutrition, acupuncture, massage, aromatherapy, mindfulness. And again, it's our way of getting people more exposed to these therapies, parents, mm -hmm. so that they can learn about the powers and the benefits mm -hmm. and then see if, if they want to start learning have, or have their children learn about it or be part of the program. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks so much for teaching us more about this diet. That sounds amazing. I'm very inspired to go home and make dinner. <laughs> and uh, we will certainly be using your website, which I know you keep adding to every time I see you. So it's a great resource. Thanks so much for um, telling us more about it today. Thank you, Katie. It's a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Primary Care Perspectives. You can download and subscribe to future episodes on iTunes or visit chop.edu slash PCP podcasts for a listing of all episodes. I look forward to our next chat.